Welcome to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza, and it is a beautiful night. It's kind of cloudy. We have 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it kind of feels like it wants to rain, but I don't know. It just it just won't start. But we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about wrestling and we had a lot of wrestling happening this weekend so much wrestling actually that there's a couple of shows that i wanted to really cover and that i'm just gonna have to either make them really short or just straight up i mean i'm just gonna not gonna be able to talk about glee i watched glee the the wrestling version of the i guess preview shows leading up to the big debut and it was a fun little show, but there's just not enough time to talk about it. Likewise, uh, there was that Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Uh, I think it was like 11 versus 11, uh, kind of like tournament thingy where all the matches were either one fall or two. Not not one fall, like one second or two second count uh, pin counts. And so we had a lot of matches and they were all like uh, just one count or two count matches. But again, uh, I guess the, those shows are really not priority this week. And so since we have a lot to talk about, let's just get to it. And a slight change of pace as how we usually do things here. Uh, this time we are going to start with the U.S. promotion that it's uh, AEW and they had their double or nothing pay-per-view this Sunday, uh, the 30th of May. And well, it was a show. Um, I think I'm gonna be in the minority here, but I actually wasn't so crazy about the show. Coming in, there was not really many matches that I really cared for. Like storyline-wise, I only cared about Stadium Stampede because that one felt like it had a credible and cool um, stipulation to it, I guess, and, and history to the match. And the, the feud feels like a big deal. Beyond that, the, the rest just kind of felt predictable. Kind of like, um, I don't know, just kind of like there. I, I actually had this debate over at the WrestlingRevolution.com. And we were talking about how a lot of the matches, to me, they felt like they could have been main events to either a Dynamite or a lesser, like a special, you know, not like a big pay-per-view Um like for instance uh, like Miro versus Lance Archer that could have been a perfectly fine main event for Dynamite Adam Page and Brian Cage could have been in a lesser pay-per-view um, as could Cody Rhodes versus Antonio Gogo especially after how the match went down uh, the Sting one like I get it Sting nostalgia oh my god but that match there wasn't nothing to it and so I, I just kind of felt like, uh, I don't know, it was really long. Nothing felt like particularly like go out of your way to watch. I was really close to just calling this a one match show because I really did like the stadium stampede. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can start from the, the buy-in uh, pre-show match, which was 
Serena Deeb defeating Riho to retain the NWA Women's uh, Championship. That match I, I really liked. Uh, I thought both women looked fantastic. I really like that Serena established herself as a heel early on. And I, I think she had to just because she's going against Riho. I think against anyone else, maybe like with the exception of Riho and maybe Ty Conti, I think everyone else in the roster would have just been um, like not babyface enough that Serena had to, to turn, but she established herself as a heel or at least, yeah, I guess she was a heel. Um, but it was a fantastic match. I really enjoyed it. And then we started with the main pay-per-view. It started with Adam Page defeating Brian Cage with, I understand that there was double or nothing, uh, like a bet going down, but there was really no stipulation to it. This was a really good match. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Um, but like I said, this was a match that I just felt like this could have been a dynamite pay, uh, main event and that would have been perfectly okay um so adam page he's ranking up wins he's ranking up wins over bigger names and he's i i, I still think he's my guy to challenge kenny omega at all out and potentially win the championship so we'll see but yeah he got a big i guess he got a big win uh brian cage is still seems to be leaving team Taz soon um i think it's just a matter of days if not weeks for brian cage to leave team Taz and, and turn babyface and become just another babyface in the roster uh there's really a lot of them right now so i don't know like i think team Taz is the, the best thing that they can do right now with, with uh brian cage and um and if he leaves Team Taz, I don't know. I don't really see a lot for him to do other than be another generic big dude a la Lance Archer or, I don't know, whatever other big dudes out there. Uh, we had the AW World Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson defeating Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, Jonathan Moxley. Uh, another really good match. Um... I, I I did have like <laughs> some complaints here. Uh, I didn't think that we, it was really necessary to have the interference there in the middle or for John Moxley to bleed. I, I thought that that was really unnecessary. The story itself was good enough. Um, I guess they had to bust Moxley open to make it seem like why he was the baby face in Pearl, but I don't know. I think it's the Young Bucks. I don't think it was really that necessary to to bust him open. Um, and at the end, the Bucks won with five BTE triggers. So I guess at least it is a lot. So it wasn't just like one. So John Moxie is slightly protected. Um, but yeah, the the one thing that I it it, it kept bothering me. I don't know why. Uh, but in the like in the build-up video, the video package, and some stuff in the commentary, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone kept asking, like, that. Well, kept saying uh, that the Bucks had changed, um, and realistically, like, especially for Excalibur to say this, but like, 
anyone who saw who followed the young bucks not just in like new japan or ring of honor but like whoever saw their pwg stuff this is the same young bucks they haven't changed they just have more money but they really haven't changed so i don't know what like uh ross and shivani and Excalibur were, were talking about like they haven't changed uh those are the young bucks of ever really <laughs> Uh, then we have the Casino Royale or, or Battle Royale, whatever it's called. Uh, this was... So, the show started kind of strong. Uh, we had three matches that were pretty decent. And then we got into the Casino Battle Royale. And this is when the show just plummeted downhill. Downward spiral. It took a dive. Um, this This Casino Battle Royale, it was pretty bad. It was the worst that I think we've seen when it comes to these battle royals. I actually do like these matches in pay-per-views. I think there is potential to them if you give them time, if you book smartly, if the people involved have a reason to be there, uh, if you can come up with one or two surprises that they don't have to be Brian Danielson and CM Punk and Samoa Joe. But I mean, some surprises are good. Um, and I think of all the Casino Battle Royales that we've seen until today, this was the one where they just like threw everyone in like the match and whatever, nothing matters. Like there was no spots, like no angles. The only angle was, um, what's his name, Komoroto or Komorodo, uh, take out Dustin Rhodes with a, a cowbell, which leads to a match I think for this week. So there's nothing to it. Like, I don't know, like that's a weak angle. I mean, it involves Dustin Rhodes and Comorodo. So I just thought it was really super weak. Um, prior to the match, they announced that QT Marshall uh, was being replaced by Aaron Solo and the Blade was being replaced by Serpentico, both due to injuries. And again, I think you could have just like not announced that they, or just say that they were gonna be injured and just have people come in it can still be Aaron Solo and Serpentico, but I think it would have added slight intrigue into the match. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, like, I had just a bunch of problems with this match. Like, the, the roster itself was super weak. I mean, we had Serpenticos and Dustin Rhodes and both Varsity Blondes, um, which are, some of them are over with the crowd, but still, like, there's nothing to see there when it comes to, like, a wrestling match or a battle royale for that matter uh second like the the top guys no one felt special other than christian cage jungle boy because he won and pentagon jr uh the rest even matt hardy or dustin rhodes they just kind of feel like they're like nothing special uh there was a bunch of eliminations that i didn't even know when they happened they just happened uh, like I said, there was no angles. The surprise of Leo Rush as the Joker. I liked Leo Rush. Uh, I thought the surprise was okay. I understand that people get super overhyped for the surprise. I think at this point you should learn that the surprises of a Casino Battle Royale are going to be at the Leo Rush, Matt Seidel level. So don't expect, like I said, like Brian Danielson for some reason or Minor Suzuki. Um, but still, uh, I can understand if people were underwhelmed. But my biggest problem there is that 
it's a surprise that we already know when it's happening so it kind of loses the the magic to it too like that is the one thing that i actually i have to accept that the fed does better when they have a royal rumble match uh for the most part they sometimes have wrestlers compete uh for the number 30 spot and so we know who the number 30 is but the surprises happen throughout the the the, the match and so i think that's way better because at that point you're excited to to see every time people come out if you know the surprise is going to be just that number 21 then you you can totally skip the whole match and then just come back when number 21 is coming out and you can actually time it because they are timed uh blocks of time you know so i just think it's like they need to put attention to this this type of matches again they cannot just like throw in things like this and expect it to be good i rather i would rather take off matches like kitchen and and adam page and remove miro and lance archer from the pay-per-view give the casino battle royale 10 15 maybe 20 more minutes to have a couple of more angles angles that you're going to be able to use throughout the next two months as feuds and and that's it and, and mix up the people like let someone win the joker spot on the show and brag about it make it a heel they're gonna be like oh i have the number 21 spot i'm gonna be the last guy and you're all gonna like you know fall to me uh something like that and then just have the surprises come in throughout the cards uh, I think that is something that it's really, really lacking from these matches. And I think it's something that was there when AW started. When, I mean, a lot of people complain about the first Casino Battle Royale with, um, like with AC Romero and Marco Stan and that guy who has, uh, who's missing limbs. It's okay. Uh, like I'd rather have those surprises in the middle of the match than just kind of wait 20 minutes. Okay, it's time for the Joker and it's Leo Rush. Okay, I can just go back to whatever I was doing in the kitchen. I don't know, be smart about it, AW. Be smart about it. Then the show sunk even deeper and it started with a Memorial uh, Day bullshit from AW. Again, they have animals in the show. I don't know why AW loves having animals in the show. Uh, leave the animals alone, especially if you have fireworks and pyro in the show. It's just shitty. Uh, but yeah, like so America things uh, happened and, and obviously led to the America match. And it was Anthony Ogogo versus Cody Rhodes in the worst match of the night. And so several fiends here <sighs> a lot of people okay so i guess before even we start to a match like this whole idea of making it a u.s versus uk thing like that just immediately puts me on a gogo's side like i cannot stand fucking u.s patriotism right now and cody dross just comes off like terrible like a fake captain america so i was thoroughly with ogogo to begin with um and then like the build up to the match itself was it had a potential because 
we know that Ogogo is like similar to Goldberg in the sense that once he hits you with the punch, you're out. Uh, and we know Cody Rhodes. I mean, he's good, but uh, he's still human. And he should be able to be taken down by a good, good connected punch by Ogogo. So what I expected coming in was a match, especially because Cody Rhodes said like, I'm going to make this a wrestling match. I expected Cody Rhodes is going to work on Ogogo's arm. He's going to dissect that arm like if he was Deanna Parasso or Pentagon Jr. Or fucking, I don't know, Minoru Suzuki. Like, just focus on the limb, destroy the limb, like, take out the arm so that our Gogo cannot punch you. And then put it, like, maybe a couple of minutes in to the match. Like, maybe, okay, I guess one problem was also that this match went slightly long, but even if we went the same time, let's say halfway through the match, Ogogo lands a punch and it cripples Cody Rhodes. It really hurts him. And so Ogogo starts to go for Rhodes. Rhodes has to just dodge the punches. He does like just dodge the punches or kind of like find ways to like not allow Ogogo uh, to just punch, try to pull him into a wrestling match. And maybe once Ogogo lands the first punch, he gets cocky and he's like, all right, so I'm going to now wrestle you because like, you wanted to make this a wrestling match, I'm gonna beat you in your own game. And so Gogo starts to wrestle and that's when Cody Rhodes can make a comeback. He can continue working on the on the arm. And then when you want to finish the match, just have Ogogo go again for the death punch. And that's when Cody Rhodes manages to finally like in desperation, turn the punch into a Fujiwara arm bar or a knee bar. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> a bar uh, and submit Ogogo. And that way you don't have Ogogo's like punching arm really just get buried because what we had, like what we had instead was just like a shitty wrestling match where Rhodes didn't work anything. He just did a bunch of spots. Ogogo kept punching Cody over and over and over and over and over again, and Cody never sold it. Uh, and so, to me, like coming off this match, I just feel they buried Ogogo's arm. Like I don't think it's that killer of our arm. He's just fighting weak guys, and but once he fights like a strong guy, strong, quote unquote strong guy. Uh, his arm is really nothing it, it means shit and so what's why is Ogogo special at this point you know uh, he's supposed to be QT Marshall's like ace in his group and his his one weapon doesn't mean shit because Cody Cody got a Cody you know and so I just thought this was crap complete crap the like I wasn't bothered that Ogogo lost I wasn't bothered by the length I was bothered by the story they told a terrible story that just hurts Ogogo and it doesn't help Cody Rhodes I mean the dude may just want to jerk himself off in the mirror but this didn't do anything for anyone I think it actually hurt everyone and so terrible match terrible terrible match 
the more I talk about it, I just feel like going back and even reducing the rating that I gave it because I thought this was crap. But I guess things got slightly better with the next match. Miro defending a TNT championship against the murder hawk Lance Archer. Uh, this match also had unnecessary animal cruelty when Jake this no when Miro tossed Jake the Snake Snake uh, just like a couple of yards away. I know the snake wasn't there, but still the illusion of uh, hurting the animal is there. And again, that is bullshit. I don't need to watch fucking animal cruelty in my wrestling. If I wanted to do it, I just watched Tracy's mother's fighting bears all day, uh, which was pro which was a far better match than Miro versus Archer. Uh, the match itself was uh, it was a hoss fight, but realistically, they sold way too much for this hoss fight, uh, especially for the time it got. Like it's not like they went thirty minutes and they started selling at the twenty-five minute. This was like ten minutes, I think, and Archer was selling like crazy, like at minute three or four, and so. I don't know, like, if you want to have a hoss fight, then go watch Dylan James versus Juji Okabayashi or any Daisuke Sakimoto uh, versus Okabayashi match and learn how to do a hoss fight that... And, yeah, learn how to sell, like, a hoss. Like, as big as Miro is, Archer shouldn't be selling at minute number three or vice versa. So I just thought... They try to work a match like if they were honestly just like sports, like normal sized sports entertainers. Uh, and I thought that was pretty meh, too. Um, I don't know. Like I said, this should have been in Dynamite. I don't know why this wasn't a pay per view. Uh, we told we were told that All Out is happening on Labor Day weekend at Chicago. So. I, I kind of want to go to Chicago. I haven't been there in a while. But given this pay-per-view, you're going to have to build a hell of a card to convince me. <laughs> uh, next up, we had the AEW's Women's Championship match. Hikaru Chida versus Britt Breaker DMD. I thought This was the point where I thought that the show kind of picked up. This was at the level of the first three matches that we saw in the show. Um, I, I At this point, I actually thought this was the best match of the night. I I just liked it way more than the box match and the cage match. Like those two matches were okay. Uh some unnecessary things, but Hikashida and Britt Baker actually like got me hooked in. Uh because even though I knew that Baker was going to win, there was just no escaping her winning. Uh they had a couple of near falls uh after Rebel started to interfere that I really felt like, hey, maybe Shida is going to get the win and they'll just do Baker later or they're going to do Shida and have her get like a challenge by a new big contender coming in. But uh, nope, uh, they just went with Baker eventually. And I, I really enjoyed the match. I like that Shida tapped out. That's how champions should win their titles by straight in your face, uh, defeating the 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 challenger or or I mean the champion. So I really enjoyed this match. Uh there were a couple of you know kind of 
things that were not working there but i didn't i didn't mind them as much they were just like things that happened due to do the like timing or just not being the, in the right place at the right time exactly what you need to be but it, did, it didn't look bad uh the spot that i thought it was going to be more controversial but i guess it wasn't was when rebel hit baker with the crutch and i mean she did it right in front of the referee i i personally thought that i i was okay with it because even though it is a reason to dq the match it was like a perfect example of referee discretion uh, because it was Rebel being like a well no Baker being affected by her own plan so I didn't think it was that bad uh, I, I, I wouldn't DQ someone for being hit by his own partner or by his own second but yeah I enjoyed this match uh, to this point I thought this was probably like the better ones that I was I just enjoyed uh, I am I like Hikarashida a lot and I like Baker so I was I did really enjoy this match next up we had the nostalgia you still got it match Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky lost to Sting and Darby Allen so this was your quintessential Darby Allen match if you ever seen one this was it it was Darby Allen getting his ass kicked throughout the whole match uh, Sting had the the hot tags. Allen at the end had some offense, and then Sting got to get the win. Um, but yeah, that was it. Like there was nothing to this match other than seeing that Sting can still wrestle, that he has an old like pasty white old man body. Um, like the best thing about this match was the face paint of both Allen and Sting getting kind of like washed out, and they just look like super skeleton. But I, I really like that. But I will say it like the match itself. I didn't see anything other than Sting doing spots. And I don't know. Like as a fan of Impact for the last almost 20 years now. Or 15 years. I've seen Sting matches here and there. I didn't see anything special here. Like I said. Other than just like. Oh Sting can still wrestle after we were we thought that he had to retire forcibly. But uh, I don't know. The, the, this match was, if you wanted to put it in the pay-per-view because Sting was going to wrestle, cool. I don't need to see this again ever. I th This could be my Sting retirement match. I am perfectly happy. I do not see the Sting uh, wrestle again. And not because I'm scared that he's going to be injured or anything. It's because there's nothing in Sting's arsenal that looks... Like, oh my god, I need to see Sting wrestle. Like, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> he's old. That's it. Uh, he's old and he's not Minoru Suzuki or uh, Funaki or, yeah. Like, he's he's like Keiji Muto. He's a guy that was awesome a long time ago. You see them now and it's like, yeah, you can pull off a match, but I don't need to see it. <laughs> Especially in a pay-per-view. Uh, so yeah, give for them. I nostalgia. Woohoo! <sighs> we have the AEW World Championship match. This was Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus the Bastard Pac. Uh, Omega retained the title as expected. Um, 
so from the start we i can say like they re aw really fucked up by having the shitty wwe rules for triple for multi-man matches i guess all of them where there's no dqs and countouts and it's to a single fall and so orange cassidy can beat Pac and omega can lose the title without being pinned that really really diminishes the strength of both your champions your newer champions and the title itself uh because it's going to eventually lead to a shitty finish or in shenanigans um it can add drama to some near falls but that's about it it doesn't do anything else i rather have eliminations i rather have dqs and countouts uh maybe not countouts that countouts are unstable not to have but dqs there's no reason not to have a dq uh instead what we got was a match with a bunch of uh cheating from both Pac and kenny omega and that was it <laughs> uh it, this one felt like a total wwe match just a bunch of like coming in and out um not much of a story really um it was just like really spotty type of match everyone's really good like i love all three guys and i really like the mixture of their styles but they were not telling me a story it was just like really spot 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 and then it got to a point where uh Pac started low blowing people and then kenny omega started hitting people with title belts and don Callis was pulling refs and kenny omega was attacking refs and it's like uh this is just like wwe bullshit i don't need it uh so yeah i didn't really care for the match i i i, I gave it a good rating because the action the work rate was good but i i wasn't really like i don't know i didn't really care for this match as it was going down um and once all the cheating started i was like eh i i don't care <laughs> i know one of this uh crap is going to lead to a, to a couple of near falls and then one of them is going to be the finish and that's it omega's going to retain i don't care uh it's probably going to build to omega versus cassidy in the singles and maybe omega versus Pac in the singles and that's gonna be it uh and i probably won't care about those matches either because i don't know because maybe because of this match i just don't think that either guy has the potential to win and so yeah i wasn't impressed like to me at this point i think omega has had better title matches in both impact and triple a than aw um yeah i think so because omega's defenses on aw haven't been like i mean we had that death match with moxie that ended in a fiasco uh because of a dud and stuff like that instead like an in impact the rich swan match was fucking amazing uh in triple a the laredo kid match and the fin phoenix matches were fucking amazing uh so yeah i think uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know what what aw is trying to do here with with kenny omega um it's like a couple of months ago they say like oh you won the real kenny omega the cleaner kenny omega and all that crap and yes like i think the character is the same but the cleaner kenny omega was winning matches because he was awesome not because a lot of cheating 
and so I I don't know I really just don't really care about AW Kenny Omega I rather just keep watching his AAA his impact stuff at this point so yeah uh, we had a full gear announcement that's taking place on November 6th in San Louis okay uh, we had the five second debut of Mark Henry who is going to be a coach and analyst for Rampage he literally just came out five seconds five steps in outside the rap and then just went back he didn't say anything I don't know why that was necessary <laughs> why have a five second debut uh, at least let the guy talk or something so like for instance you could you could have caught a match and just have Mark Henry talk I think that would have been better and at the end we had what was in my opinion the match of the night the stadium stampede the pinnacle MJF Sean Spears Dax Harwood Cash Wheeler and Wardlow lost to the inner circle Chris Jericho Santana Ortiz Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager uh, this was kind of tricky for me because I liked this match way better than last year's match with um, the elite but given that I actually like this year this wasn't unique I had a kind of like a point of reference for many of the spots and things and how like how the match feels I did like I I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 because like last year's I gave five stars to the stadium SP this year even though I thought it was better I didn't give it the five stars because I didn't it didn't feel like one anymore uh, last year's was a completely unique thing and so I think that's what really really uh, changed things for me but this time around I just uh, I don't know I liked it more but I just didn't think it was a perfect match uh, but I did really like I loved the stuff with Warlow and Hager I I really liked <laughs> the Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears stuff especially when they were fighting around the the chairs I thought that was like a super cool look just fighting in a tower like towers of chairs and then just tossing the chairs back and forward I thought that was super cool Sean's I mean Sammy Guevara was definitely the the MVP of the match like I don't know if he's been working on his parkour but he was just going parkour all over the place he looked fantastic uh, the Harwood and Wheeler versus Santana and Ortiz stuff was really fun I enjoyed it uh, I I personally like those little things like drinking a, a glass of whiskey and then getting to a fight like they feel like so movie like but at the same time I don't know I, I it doesn't seem phony or, or fake or anything to me like those type of things are the things that I think would exist in wrestling and even in real fights where I don't know you just finish your drink and then get in a fight um so I like that stuff. The MJF and Jericho stuff was mostly cute. Uh, I didn't really care much for it. Like when those two guys appeared with the footballs, I have no idea who they were. I do not care about sports or the NFL especially. So I was like, okay, people. Uh, and then the rest of the stuff was just like, okay. Uh, that, that was like the most jokey part of the match. But I didn't care. Um, they were okay. And, and yeah, so like the whole thing was really enjoyable. I really liked the match. I liked the pacing. I like how like last year they really established the fighting 
in the stadium itself and just doing things around the stadium uh, and kind of like going back and forward between outside and inside and then utilizing the ring a lot, the one that's in the field. And instead here, I liked how they kind of like all started fighting. They went to the back and then they all just kind of like went their separate ways. They never crossed paths. And then eventually the match spilled to the ring where the fans were. It made it seem like it was happening at the same time, everything, even though it was taped. Um, and that was a perfect way to end it just with Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears in the ring. I, I think I would have liked to see like everyone kind of come out at the end and have like, like maybe have them fight around the crowd in separate areas of the, of the Bailey's place and just have Sammy and, and Sean Spears in the ring that would have completely killed the attention span of the fans because people would be like trying to see everything that's going down. But uh, I think you could still pull it off with some selling and then just have certain things like happen sequentially in a way that you can put the focus on like different areas, kind of like they did like Jericho and MJF before they did Guevara and Spears. I think you could have also done some Warlow and Hager stuff and, and maybe one or two spots with Santana Ortiz and FTR. But I mean, nonetheless, I still thought it was a great, great story. I really like the pacing and, and the progression. I, I totally thought this was better than last year's. And I think that the end of the match was pretty good too. I mean, the end of the match with them, not, not the match, the, the end of the show with the inner circle, just celebrating the ring. I thought it was, it was the best way to end it. You have the baby faces, uh, you know, celebrating and just being the champions. Well, not champions, but like the winners and everyone's singing, even though I, I'm not a fan of, of Chris Jericho's music, uh, especially Judas, but, um, uh, I thought it was a good way to end the first show with fans. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a good show overall. Uh, I, again, I, I was really close to just calling it a one match show, but I think, I think doing that would take uh, the credit that Cheetah and Baker had, or the Serena Deev and Riho had. So I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't call it a one match show anymore. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely up and down, and some of the downs were really down, uh, and and the ups were ups. And at the end of the day, I just, I think it was a good show. I, I wouldn't say this is a show that you need to go out of your way to watch. Really though, it's a show that I'm not even excited for the fallout episode of dynamite. Um, I don't know why none of the wins, none of the decisions that happen in the show, like are having me are giving me like a craving to watch dynamite. And that is saying something because I think you should always have something to make you crave the next week's, uh, TV show. Uh, be it a debut, be it a win or a loss, a stipulation or or something, but nothing in this show is making me like. It's just none of it's making me watch Dynamite next Friday. I'm just not. Uh, I saw I watched Dynamite this last Friday, and I was like, eh, 
it was okay. I didn't really care much for it. I, I would have rather uh, watched some 80s Joshi. But uh, yeah, like I don't think this week uh, is going to be worth watching NXT, at least for me. I don't know. But yeah, that was it for, for promotions in the US. AW. Now, oh yes, thank you. We go to Japan. Uh, because uh, we have a couple of shows in Japan that took place since last week and I want to get everything in and so we're gonna really kind of go quickly the first show that I want to talk about is the finals of the DDT Ultimate Tag League uh, this took place on the 27th of May so just a couple of days ago and the show itself I didn't really think it was like anything special uh like the show before this one i thought that it was like one of the better ddc shows that i had seen especially because i wasn't expecting much out of it but this one i also wasn't expecting much out of it and i was met with those expectations uh a quick rundown hideki okatani and toy kojima defeated keiko nakamura and juja koroku uh, Kazuki Hirata defeated Antonio Honda, Don Shukudino, Saki Akai, and Juki Ino in a five-way match. That's like the, the comedy match of the night. The Sana Nakamina team of Mao and Juki Ueno, oh, and Chris Brooks, <laughs> defeated Akito, Juki Onaja, and Yusuke Okada. This was probably one of the best matches of the night, uh, just because the combination of Mao, Ueno, Akito, Okada is great. Brooks and Naya, they're good in their own way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a good match. We had Disaster Box, the team of Harashima, Naomi Yoshimura, and Toru Washi defeat Damnation, Matt Polly, Soma Takao, and Tetsuya Endo. Uh, this is building to the the six man title match, uh, but they also really wanted to to put Harashima over since this was this is not the last DDT show before Cyber Fight Fest, but. I guess this was like the bigger like when it comes to like show sizes i think this was probably gonna be like the bigger marquee show um because the rest of the shows are figuring out like those uh night and day type of shows there's not much to them so harashima got the win here uh and then we got into the actual ultimate tag league matches so the 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 thing here is that at this point brooks and honda were eliminated uh they actually finished their last match in the previous show and they didn't win so they were eliminated but coming into this match uh, there was a couple of combinations here that could have led to uh, different winners uh, in this match for instance the first one was Damnation Sasaki and Hino versus Eruption Higuchi and Sakaguchi uh, Damnation is coming in with three points Eruption is coming in with four points if Eruption won this match, then they just win the whole thing. And if Damnation wins, they eliminate Eruption, but there's there's they are still going to be uh, depending dependent on the next match. And so Damnation did win. They eliminated Eruption, well because it was five points versus four. And so the match itself was okay. I thought it was actually kind of underwhelming because I, I I just had big hopes for Hino and Higuchi pairing up, but I've I've come to the realization that when Higuchi fights someone 
that is supposed to be bigger than him, I think it kind of hurts him. It, like, it didn't work with Hino. It didn't work with, um, with some spots with Akiyama when they fought. And so, I, I've started to notice that from Higuchi. And, and the same thing with Hino. He has a couple of spots where he is supposed to be just bigger than everyone. That even when he did them with Akijama, they just looked weird. Um, but I think that's just like, I mean, that's just Hino's uh, gimmick, you know, being the biggest guy in the ring. And I don't know, that's his thing. Uh, but yeah, like the the finish saw Sasaki submit Sakaguchi with a cross face. The match was okay. I, I It wasn't the best match of the tournament for sure. But so given the points that we had, we come into the next match, the other semifinal, I guess. Junretsu, Jurakijama, and Makoto Ishii with four points versus the Sanana Kamina team of Konosuke Takeshita and Shunma Katsumata with three points. Same situation, pretty much. Uh, but at this point, so Damnation has five points. So we have several combinations. If Junretsu wins, they get six points, they win the whole thing. If the Sanana Kamina team wins, they tie damnation and we go into a finals tiebreaker if they tie then damnation wins so what happened was that the sanana kamina team of konosuke takshita and katsumata won uh it was actually shunma katsumata who got the pin over junakijama which is fantastic because even if uh, I mean, that just tells us that eventually we're going to get Katsumata versus Akiyama in a title match, which may potentially be in a Lego type of match uh, because that is Katsumata's like deal. I don't think Katsumata would have a just a normal match with Akiyama because I think I think it'd be like way too one sided to be good. And but instead, like if we have Lego, I think that gives Katsumata some spots where he can actually hurt Akiyama and get some good near falls, some hoped spots. But uh, I mean, there's nothing announced. Obviously, we still have the Cyber Fight Fest, and we have a couple of other uh, challenges to get there. But that is in, that's eventually going to happen, I think, uh, unless Harashima wins, which I kind of doubt. But this match was a pretty good match of the night for sure. Uh, they told the story that Junretsu pretty much like dissected poor Katsumata, and Takeshita was kind of like coming in and out, just trying to survive, uh, and eventually just led to to Akiyama and Katsu, and like Akiyama kept destroying Katsu, and Katsu just managed to get him with a roll up a schoolboy and he got the pin but this was really good and kind of what happened in the match was that uh, the Sonic Love they started dominance against Oishi and then and then that pissed off Akiyama he turned the match around they worked over Katsumata for a long time Takeshita made the comeback and kind of leveled things out and then at the end again it came down to Akiyama and Katsumata um, pretty good match. I I guess I wouldn't say this is like a match worth going out of your way to watch, but it was the match of the night for that for what it's worth. 
And then we get into the finals. Uh, both teams with five points. Damnation and the San Nakamina. And I, I kind of finally understood why for months they had been building up Takeshita and Katsumata wrestling Hino in just random matches. And it's because it, it eventually came down to this match where uh, Katsumata and Takeshita finally got the better of Hino on different situations that Hino had been uh, stronger in, you know, in, in the previous matches they've had. And I don't know, like th this match kind of felt just like it. This was the second match uh, both teams had. They did kind of play into the idea that Domination had some time to rest, whereas the Sanana Kamina pretty much went back to back. I think they only got like five minutes to rest. And Katsumata was pretty banged up because of Akiyama and Oishi. And so they had like the disadvantage. And so the story was just kind of like, let's pair everyone up uh, in the match and then just kind of have Takeshita and Katsumata suffer a bit and then make a comeback and win. And at the end, it came down to, I think it was Takeshita who was uh, legal. Uh, but along with Katsumata, they hit the Brain Buster Mad Max, which is like the spike pile driver coming from the top rope. And they get, they got it on Sasaki and they got the win. And so it was a, a, a good match. Uh, at this point, like it, this had to be slightly shorter. It didn't make sense for it to go like super long. But uh, it was a good stuff. Good, good stuff. Takeshita and Katsumata like looked really good. Uh, I think this match really helped build Katsumata a lot. Um, not just this match, but like the whole night, just like getting the pin on Akiyama and then this particular this uh, particular match like performance, it really helped them. Uh, after the match, they just kind of got their their check price because I think they get like one million gen cash price, and they were cutting some promos. They they pretty much challenged Harashima and Okabayashi to attack title match but that one's gonna be tricky because I think before they can get to it I don't know like Harashima and Okabayashi promised Akiyama and Oishi a uh, title match given that they lost that the tournament I don't know who gets first divs whether it's Akiyama who had already the match promised to him or if it's uh, Take and Katsu who won this tournament so uh, I don't know which one will come first we also I we already have a date I do not have it with me right now uh, a date I think for the Akijama uh, Oishi shot because the thing is they need to work around with uh, Big Japan to get dates for Okawayashi and th those dates need to work uh, with uh, DDT obviously and so we'll see where, where we'll see when these matches get uh, done. I have to imagine that, like, I don't think neither Junretsu or the San Nakamina should win the tag titles, especially Takeshita. But I guess it all depends on how long they want to go with with Akiyama as a champion. I would build Takeshita to take the title away from Akijama at Wrestle Peter Pan. And I think that's already booked for August. 
And so I don't want, I wouldn't put the tag titles on Takeshita or Akijama for that matter. Um, but I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't think it's a bad move to give like Mao and Katsumata the title match or not the title match, but the titles, because I don't think, I, I think they should take the titles away from Kabayashi. It's just hard for him to have bookings like often. And so because of that, like we haven't really seen many uh, defenses. And so I don't know. I, I think they should take the title off, but I I'm, I don't think it should be Akiyama or Takeshita getting those titles. Um, but maybe Katsu and Mao can, can take those titles as uh, Takeshita goes after Akiyama. I, I think that's a good move. But yeah, good show. Uh, I wouldn't say anything was like a must watch unless you were following the, the tournament. Uh, I was, so I just wanted to like just be a completionist. <laughs> and the other show that I watched uh, this from Noah was the Mitsuharu Misawa Memorial uh, Forever in Our Hearts show from the 31st. So just uh, on Monday, uh, this was actually a kind of newsworthy show from Noah. This is, I think, this I think the show. Uh, the final show before Cyber Fight. I don't think they have anything booked. Uh, as of as of right now, when I'm recording, we are five days away from Cyber Fight, so I don't think they have anything booked. I do think that DDT has may have like they've had three shows. I think since the finals that we just talked about, they may have one more show left. Hmm. I, I would need to double check, but I don't think Noah has. And so this was like kind of like the go home show for it. Uh, some things were built for that. Some things weren't, which was kind of weird. A uh, quick rundown of the card. Seiki Yoshioka defeated Hao in the opener. Kongo, the team of Keno, Mas uh, it was uh, Manabu Soya, Nio and Tadasuke. Defeated Junta Miyawaki, Kaito Kiyomiya, Kinya Okada, and Yoshiki Namura. Uh, that one, I, that match, I was, I thought it was really fun. Um, the Keno antagonizing Kiyomiya continues. Okada looked fantastic. Inamura looked pretty good. Um, so, but like these two matches were in the, like they were part of the show if you watch it in the stream, but they were not part of the Abima. Uh, broadcast the Abima broadcast started with the GAC Junior Heavyweight Tag Title Match. Daisuke Harada and Hajime Ohara defeated Hayata and Joshinari Ogawa to end the 190 day title reign. Uh, this was a really, really good match. It was so good that I think it was like booked as a main event because this match went almost 30 minutes and as the opener of your show going 30 minutes, it's kind of hard to see it. Um, when I watched it, I just got like this dread that the whole, the rest of the show was going to be like so extremely long, uh, because this was match number, it was match number three for me. Uh, but it was technically match number one for Abima, and they st we still had four more matches to go, three of which were title matches and then the main event. I just got like this ugly sense of dread that the rest of the show was going to be incredibly long. I don't know why um, 
Noah likes to have this 30 minute like junior heavyweight tag title matches so early in the show. Uh, and the next match actually also went 20 minutes or so. And it was also a GAC tag team title match. I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but going back to the junior one, it was a really good match. Um, it kind of built like everything about this feud is built around Harada and Ogawa. And so there was a lot to it. Uh, Harada got his legs worked. So that was like the baby face in peril stuff. Uh, Ohara looked fantastic. He's right now one of my favorite guys in Noah. And Hayata was pretty good, uh, but I didn't think he was like really noteworthy in the whole match. Uh, it really was Ogawa and Harada who got the, the spotlight in this match. And it was Harada who actually got the win uh, with a German bridge. Um, I, I There was a big pop when the, the match ended, and I think it was a combination of I don't think people expected the titles to change hands in this show and the finish coming from a German bridge. I think it surprised a lot of people. I thought they were expecting something more flashy or something. So I guess it worked in that sense. Uh, the other match that came up next was the GAC tag, tag, tag team title match uh, being the heavyweight one. The aggression Katsuhiro Nakajima and Masakita Miya. Defeated Funky Express, the team of Mohamed Yone and Shuhei Taniguchi. I I really liked this match. I actually thought this was it wasn't the match of the night, uh, but it was a close second. Um, I was my hopes for this match were super low. I mean, just look, it's Yone and Taniguchi, but uh, they actually like Nakajima and Kitamiya got a good match out of those guys. It was super stiff. They like they beat the shit out of each other. It wasn't just like one sided. It was like back and forward. Um, Nakajima was just like kicking the shit out of Yone. Like it was, it was so ugly. Kitamija, like he's just great. He didn't do like the the headbutts, which I was really happy for. But he was just like spearing people left and right. And Yone and Taniguchi pretty much like. Their bigger stuff are lariats, but when they hit a lariat, like the other guys sold it perfectly, just flipping around. And so I really liked it. I was just really surprised that the aggression got this match out of Funky Express. Uh, Post match, Masakita Miya turned on Katsuhiko Nakajima. This was just their first defense. And Kitamija straight up said, like, dude, for the last 10 years, I've hated you. I hate it when you join Congo. Uh, and, like, this is the first match that we had as a title defense. And I already hated it. I cannot even, like, I am dreading having to, to like, defend this championship with you more. And so he told Kano, like, I am quitting Congo. Uh I think it was like I'm quitting Congo as long as, as long as Nakajima is there. So I don't know if it would eventually come to a change, but he quit Congo. And yeah, and so that was the big angle. Kitamiya's out of Congo. Kano and the rest were sur as surprised as anyone watching. And I we already have a hair versus hair steel cage match announced for Nakajima and Kitamiya. Uh, it's happening after Cyberfire Fest, and 
it's going to be interesting to see how this thing goes because they are still the tag team champions both men are claiming that the championship are theirs and so they do technically eventually have to defend the title again together but they are heading into a hair versus hair match like their first match is going to be a hair versus hair match for fuck's sake so i don't know it's gonna be crazy i will see how it goes i have to imagine kitamiya loses a hair uh i cannot foresee nakajima losing his hair right now i think it's easier to get kitamiya to shave his and it's gonna be interesting uh I don't know. It's it, it is kind of crazy to have this feud develop like this, especially like just days before Cyber Fight Fest. We had Atsushi Kotoge defend the GAC Junior Heavyweight Champion against Yuya Susumu. Good match, short match. Uh, I never really thought Susumu had a chance, so it was just like watching really good action, but nothing special. Um, Kotoge uh, looked pretty strong really like like both guys look strong but i think knowing that sumo didn't set a chance just make kotoga look slightly stronger so i guess in that sense it was a a success of a match um but beyond that there was i don't know i didn't really think it was anything special uh after the match pretty much everyone came out to to challenge like when I say everyone, like everyone came out to challenge. Joshioka challenge, Hidaka challenge, Tadasuke challenge. And so Kotoge told everyone that he'll fight them all in a Rumble match. Or at least Rumble was the, the translation that I got. Uh, it may just be a Battle Royale. It may be a Gauntlet. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I haven't seen like the actual announcement. But it is pretty much Kotoge defending against the junior roster. I think this is really cool, but I do hope they have someone ready for whatever happens after the rumble, because if Kotoge manages to survive and retain, that means that he defeated everyone in the rumble, so he's not going to have contenders. And so I hope they have someone ready to come in afterwards and get a challenge while you rebuild someone that already lost in that rumble so we'll see how they do it next up we had the GAC national championship match the match of the night Takashi Sugiura uh, defeated Kasushi Sakuraba to retain the championship this was just fucking awesome uh, the only thing missing from this match was like UWF like the points rules everything else was pretty much there already like the the wrestling itself was great it was a bunch of like just technical submission stuff chain wrestling uh like Sugiura at one point kind of tried to box sakuraba and once uh Sugiura realized that sakuraba was just kicking his ass because he was trying to play sakuraba's game Sugiura started going just powerhouse pro wrestler on on sakuraba and that's when he got like the some of the upper hand and Asakura was, was kind of regaining control or at least like his, his standing in the match. Um, Sugiura got a roll up and got the win. So pretty strong performance by both guys. Definitely the match of the night. After the match, uh, Dashoku Dino and Sasadango Machine from DDT came out and they weren't, ex they, they wanted an answer 
from Sugiragun, but it wasn't a yes or no. They actually wanted to know what type of match they wanted to have. The options were a DC Bat match, which would make them trend on Twitter, or a title match for the Sagi, for the Sugi and Saku uh, match. Sugi and Saku championships match. <laughs> uh, those championships are just like. I actually don't know the story that well, but I just know that it's like Sugi is for Sugura, Saku is for Sakuraba, and so it's just their personal titles. Um, so yeah, the Sugiura accepted the challenge, and they had like a little face-off, and Dino never touched anyone's pan penis or pulled down his pants, so that was a success. Um, and finally, we got to the main event: Ms Alliance versus Ms Alliance. Kejimuto and Masato Tanaka versus Masakatsu Funaki and Naomichi Marufuji. This was pretty much a sleeper of a match. It was really, it was, it started with like five minutes, maybe more, of Kejimuto doing chain wrestling with both Marufuji and Funaki. At, at minute number three, I was wondering if they were just being like methodical and whatever, or if Kejimuto was already in need of a breather uh but yeah it was like it started just super boring because i'm not against chain wrestling or mat wrestling but muto doesn't make it seem exciting or like a struggle or anything and so it wasn't until masato tanaka the tagged in that the match got actually picked up a lot and then the story here was just that Funaki and, and I mean Tanaka and Muto worked on Marafuji's leg and I think for the second time Muto submitted Marafuji with the figure four and so we have to believe that like at this point we have to believe that Muto has Marafuji's number and he knows the approach he needs to take to just submit Marafuji uh, but in the in also like commentary is telling us like hey maybe Marafuji is giving up once he can once he's locked in because he doesn't want to jeopardize the knees prior to the match and i think both stories are are pretty good like they kind of give you an idea of what's going to happen but at the same time uh you know that both guys have are coming in with a certain amount of speculation but also something going on for them but yeah the match itself was wasn't really anything special um Marafuji came out with Misawa's Tiger Mask, and I think that was the best thing of the match. <laughs> but beyond that, it wasn't anything special. And that was the show. Um, so this kind, this and the DDT show kind of built up to the Cyber Fight Fest, which is really what I wanted to talk about most, more than just talking about those shows, because this show is taking place on the 6th of June, where it just stays away. Uh, that This is going to be like the big focus of next week. So I'm just going to quickly run down the card. Uh, we have a couple of pre-show matches and a couple of match changes too. Uh, in the first one, B-Star, Mirai Mayumi and Suzume, Arisuendo, Haruraneko, and Moka Miyamoto uh, are wrestling Mahiro Kiryu, Naokakuta, Pom Harajuku, Raku, and a mystery tag partner. That is your Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling opener. We have a delayed entry battle royale where it's just going to be like a bunch of... Uh, Wrestlers from all five promotions, Gambara, DDT, Noah, 
uh, I don't think there's there's anyone from. Well, I mean, there's Saki Akai, but she's representing DDT in this particular match. Um, we have a rookies match, which has been changed. It previously was Keisuke Ishii, Ken Oka, and Shota. I don't know. This is just a actually. This is the Gambara match. Uh, Keisuke Ishii, Ken Oka, and Shota versus Kuki Iwasaki, Shuishiro Katsumura, and Yumehito Imamnari. Um, that is also a pre-match show. The next match is the rookies match. This is going to be the opener of the main show. And this is one that was just recently changed. It was going to be Junta Miyawaki, Kinya Okada, and Yasu Takayano versus Keigo Nakamura, Toi Kojima, and Yukino in a DDT versus uh, Noah rookies match. Nakamura got injured. Uh... And so he's out of the match. And so now it's going to be just Yuki Ino and Toi Kojima versus Junta Miyawaki and Kinya Okada. So that's a slight change happening in that match. Um, Yano and Nakamura are out. We have Momono Senshuntag, Atsushi Kotoge and Daisuke Harada, the, the, and Hajime Ohara versus Stinger, Hayata, Seki Yoshioka, and Yoshinari Ogawa. So pretty much what we saw uh, in the Mitsus, in the Misawa Memorial Show, kinda, but just in a three-on-three -three, um, presentation, mm, we may actually see. I, I I'm guessing we may see Stinger get the win over either Harada or Hara, just to build up for the rematch for the title. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. We have Maki Ito, Marika Kobashi, and Juki Kamifuku versus Hikaru Noa, Mizuki, and Juki Arai in a Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling three on three. Um, okay, match. I I think the 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 important thing here is to see that uh, Marika Kobashi and Juki Arai are being featured in the main card along with Ito Kamifuku. Like it's not surprising that Mizuki Noa. Kamifuku or Ito are in the match, but I think Marika Kowashi and Yuki Arai are. So that is uh, slightly interesting. Uh, we have a, another Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling match. Hyper Misao, Shoko Nakajima versus the Bakuretsu Sisters versus Hakuchumu or Daydream. Uh, Miwa Tanabe and Rika Tatsumi. That was uh, announced a, 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 a while ago at this point. Uh, Damnation, Daisuke Sasaki, Soma Takao, and Tetsuya Endo versus the Sana Nakamina team of Mao, Shunma Katsumata, and Chris Brooks. That uh, seems pretty much also like the matches we've been seeing for the last month in DDT. And then we have a. we. This is a match also that just changed, and it's the Congo versus DDT match. So what happened here is that. Masaki Tamiya is out of Congo, and so Masaki Tamiya is going to be getting his singles match against Hideki Okatani from the other team, from the DDT team, and that's going to be a singles match. Uh, I'm guessing that may be a pre-match show because it is Okatani. I, I don't know if they really specify if it was a pre-match or not, but now the match is going to be um, how... Nakajima, Keno, Soya, Nio, and Tadasuke versus Higuchi, Sakaguchi, Akito, Yoshimura, Takagi, and Yukio Naya. I like they took away Kitamiya facing off with Sakaguchi with Higuchi 
uh, and Yoshimura to me. But I guess we still have a lot of like cool combinations with Nakajima and Keno. So I think it, the match is not ruined. But I was really, really hoping to see Higuchi and Kitamiya go at it. Uh, we have Kaito Kiyamiya and Yoshiki Namura versus the Sano Nakamina team of Konosuke Takeshita and Yuki Ueno. So pretty much the team of the future for both companies. Uh, I do still think that it may be Kiyomiya and Takeshita who end the year as champions for their respective companies. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how this one goes. I... I would imagine that Inamura takes the loss here because I don't think Kiyomiya can take the loss right now because his storyline is that he keeps losing. But I don't know if a loss to DDT is something that Noah wants to do. But I think Inamura could take the, the loss. Takeshita is not likely to take the loss. He's being built to chase Akiyama and Yuki Weno is a champion. So I highly doubt they want to have Weno lose unless they want to do Kiyomiya and Bueno in a DDT show. Uh, so maybe, just maybe. But I do think Inamura's taking the loss. And then we have our three main event of the night. The three uh, bigger promotions defending their championships. Uh, first up, we had the Princess of Princes match with Miyu, Miyu Yamashita defending against Yuka Sakasaki. We have the KOD Openweight title match where Juna Kijama defending against Harashima. And the GAC Heavyweight Championship match with Keiji Muto defending against Naomichi Marafuji. If you ask me, Jamashita wins, Akiyama wins, and maybe just maybe Marafuji wins. Um, and I think that would be like a really strong way to end the show with a Marafuji win. But that is it for Cyberfest. That is going to be the show. Um, Again, taking place on the 6th at the Super uh, Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan. I I don't know what the the live audience situation is going to be. I have to imagine they're going to have people maybe just not pack it up. Because Saitama is quite close to Tokyo. But it is a long show. It's going to be a long, long show. It reminds me of Bridge of Dreams that just have like 700 matches. And so this card... Like this card got bigger in the last two days and it was already big. Um, but I don't know. It looks really strong. And that is it for, for I guess, show reviews when it comes to this week. I was There was just so much to talk about this week. Um, we didn't really get to talk about everything. But the one thing that we are going to talk about really quickly is the impact forecast. impact wrestling from june the third this one is going to be good <laughs> announced last week is that we have a i think first ever 60 minute iron man match between josh alexander and tjp for the exhibition championship if i am not mistaken and i don't think i am on this one this is going to be the longest match in impact history because i don't think any of the other iron man matches have been 60 minutes i think they've mostly been 30 minutes and like when it comes to really long matches like uh lethal lockdowns and stuff like that i don't think any of them have really reached the hour uh like limit of the match and so this is going to be 
the longest match in Impact history. And this is taking place on BTI, which is behind the Impact or before the Impact, which is the like the little preview talk show that they do prior to Impact every Thursday. But I do think that they announced I I think they announced that the final minutes of the match itself uh, will probably most likely bleed in to the actual impact show so if you want to watch the whole match start from bti if you just want to watch the final minutes you could probably tune in on impact like a normal hour and watch it watch the finish i guess but this is a match that's probably going to be amazing these two guys have great chemistry they're both amazing technical wrestlers and like this could be a a definitely like match of the year contender uh I just hope we get to properly see it all of it together i hope they like put it on impact plus where we can see the whole thing together without interruptions because i think this is going to be a big one the rest of the card looks uh quite promising there's a couple of things going on uh we have fire and flavor defending uh, the titles against jordan grace and rachel ellering this is the rematch clause um the story here is still that rachel uh well that jordan grace is still like the weak link of the team and it's it's really up in her head now she's doubting rachel ellering um there, there's problems in paradise and kira hogan and tasha steels are there to once again defeat them and so we'll see how that match goes we have jake something versus rohi raju in a tables match this actually kind of came out of nowhere uh, but there is a long story going down. Uh, the story actually you can trace it back to AW, but here it's just about how Rohit costs Jake something to match because he's jealous that Jake gets something and Rohit gets nothing. Uh, we have the debut of Satoshi Kojima from New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Diener. Uh, last week, Kojima challenged Joe Doring to a match at Against All Odds. And so this week we are getting the the debut, the in-ring debut uh, versus Diener, uh, which I'm guessing Kojima is just going to win and then have another face-off with Doring. And in the main event, Moose versus Sammy Callahan. Uh, the story here is that they both are chasing Omega for different reasons, but they are kind of getting in each other's way. Moose is indeed the number one contender to Omega at against all odds, but Cammy, Sammy Callahan, uh, he's trying to get hey, his hands on Omega the other way around, which is via violence. And that is the, that's what is announced right now for Impact uh, this Thursday. It looks like a really, really strong uh, show, and we are two weeks away from against all odds, which is, I think, going to be a really strong show too. Uh, I mean, just Kojima versus Doring alone, you have my money, but it's also Omega and Moose. And so it, it seems to be like a strong show that is two weeks away. Uh, but that is that is going to be it for this week of WRPX. It's already been a long show uh, because we just had so much to talk about. And I mean, we had to rush and we had to leave things uh, to the side and we still uh, went pretty long. But thank you for, for staying here, staying with me, and listening through and through. Uh, I appreciate it for sure. Go to, to Spotify and iTunes uh, where you can find this episode and the rest of the shows. 
uh, the previous shows in the library. You can go to wrpxpodcast.com where you can find the website of the of the podcast. You can go to therestingrevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the shows that we talked about and the ones that we didn't get to talk about. Uh, so if you want to see like a better uh, just description rundown of like all my issues that I have with with double or nothing, for instance, you can go to therestingrevolution.com to read them. Uh, check them out. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me on DW Revolution, and yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> There's it's just a lot of plugs as usual, but um, again, thank you for sticking by, and I won't take any of your time anymore. So, adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>